Hello and welcome to Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with the indicast.com. My name is Abhishek and this issue's cover takes us through the digital and sometimes a magical world of smartphones. And uh, joining me to talk about this over the phone is senior assistant editor Rohit Dharmakumar and assistant editor NS Ramnath. Hi guys, welcome back. Hi Abhishek, glad to be back on your show. In the opening essay, you start with a strap or the summary and it says that in the next 24 to 36 months you will see a new generation of smartphones uh, and to quote a range of accessories that will change the way you work and live it seems like a sweeping statement why do you think so and what's the cover story about abhishek i'm glad you caught that on the biggest element in that sentence is the time horizon of 24 to 36 months because we've seen that technology almost always evolves much faster than any of us expected to and therefore you know when we started doing this report we decided purposefully to kind of limit our horizon to maybe the next 2 to 2 and a half at best 3 years so that the kind of products that we're talking about aren't merely figments of people's imagination or on the drawing board but essentially a product that you possibly could be using within 6 months in some cases within a year within a year and a half so it's futuristic yet it's pretty here and now as well so i think that's the overall uh, line that we've taken both of us me and ram we were discussing this very famous Arthur C Clarke's third law which essentially says that any sufficiently advanced technology becomes indistinguishable from magic right and i think we kind of completely believe that uh, in many of these cases i think steve jobs had something similar to say when he had launched the iphone back in 2007 or the annual keynote address of apple where he pretty much mocked at what a smartphone looks like and he had different you know a nokia or a blackberry on the screen and he said that tomorrow people would rather use their fingers over touch screens rather than styluses or have clunky keypads and he changed the way people look at devices although there has been a big change after apple iphone was launched there really hasn't been too much in the hardware in the interim in the last few years So will that come in the way or how do you see that or is it just the software powering the devices okay, since you both quoted someone let me also add a quote to it i forgot who said this exactly that the future has already happened only it is not evenly distributed you can see that that has happened in both hardware as well as the software side and uh, hardware especially you know like rohan has actually done a infographic uh, which is pretty interesting in the, in the way how both the outside of the phone and inside of the inside of the phone you know, mm-hmm. how both are likely to change you know you can actually see some of that already so probably rohan will be able to expand your more details on that Rohit, so what has changed inside the phone as compared to what has happened outside? Because when a friend asks you, "Which mobile lena hai?" which is the one that I have to choose, you look for price, you look for the screen size, and uh, whether it's an Android phone or an you know Apple OS, that's about it. So how much of change has happened inside the phone? Because what's outside is just a bigger screen size, is what we look for nowadays. Abhishek, firstly, to give the devil his due, I mean, I think it was clearly Steve Jobs. <laughs> and Apple's vision to kind of have brought in the form factor that most of us take for granted right now which is essentially a slab of touch screen with possibly no buttons and just or maybe one button or two buttons i mean we're not saying that apple was the first one to kind of come out with some kind of form factor like this but kind of made it the default today so much so that if you pick up from like a 4000 rupee 4500 rupee android phone to a 60000 rupee iphone 5 top of the line iphone 5 and place them all on the table 
the differences you will find, at least if you're standing, let's say, 20, 30 feet away, will not appear that radical. They've all got a screen and some will be larger by a range or two inch. Some will be slightly thinner by a couple of mm. But it's essentially the same form factor, which is, you know, the point that you were raising that when you talk about what phone to buy, you know, people are talking about maybe a slightly larger screen or slightly thinner or Android versus iOS, etc. If you actually go beyond that, if you kind of extrapolate that, there are a bunch of people, especially in the geek community, who say that it doesn't matter. The phone hardware features today don't matter. You could have another 0.2 inches of screen or another 100 megahertz of clock speed or some slightly more memory, but essentially it's the software inside the operating system and the apps that kind of determine what you can do with it. And to a large extent, they're true, which is why we kind of decided that is there some kind of a plateauing of innovation around the hardware the form factor of the phone. And we decided to see what other form factors are coming up. And I think the biggest and the, the best example in, in that is what we all know as uh, Google Glass, right. a wearable computing device. You just you clip it on into your eyes. It doesn't have any glass, but it's got like a small screen which can overlay information as you're talking, as you're walking, all of that. So that's, I think, the most radical of the new form factors that we see. But that besides, I think we're going to see a lot of gesture devices that recognize gestures, devices that have foldable screens. At CES this year, Samsung actually showed off a foldable, bendable screen. Amazing. I mean, if you can go to YouTube and see that video, it's amazing to see that that screen is actually being made. I mean, you know, you can roll it around, you can open it out, and, and if rumors are to be believed, possibly the next line of Samsung Galaxy devices may support it. And perhaps, hopefully, Apple might not sue them for that. Uh, <laughs> as I see, I don't think when it comes to foldable screens, at least I'm not aware of I mean, <laughs> something that Apple has done. But, you know, Apple is a very secretive company, so you never know what they've got up their sleeve. But you have to realize that to give, you know, the devil is due. When Apple came out with the Retina display, I mean, you know, the kind of quality that it, it came up with was really pretty good. And everybody else was found lagging on that count. Pretty good. You are like an English teacher, Rohin. You said pretty good. What is your grouse with Apple? Because it was quite a mind-blowing product where it was brought in, although they might not have been the first one to do it. They were the first ones to do it. I don't think anyone was talking that kind of pixel density, you know, when the retina screen came out. And it was, uh, uh, all right, here it comes, a fantastic screen <laughs> to see and like to consume content on. But if okay. you look now... For instance, you know, Android cutting-edge devices, whether it be the Nexus 7, the Nexus 10, if you look at the BlackBerry, practically most of the new devices have out-retina Apple, right? They offer higher pixel densities than Apple does. So the point there being that we can't always say that when it comes to components, like for instance, the screen, it's Apple which is always at the forefront of innovation. I think Samsung is clearly the company that we all ought to watch out for. I mean, and, and Samsung is a major component supplier to Apple as well. Right. And if you put all of this in context to India, most of uh, the products are pitched to a consumer who's generally a first-time buyer. That's why most of them, they all sell on price. So will all of these features that you talk about, if, if they hit the market in, let's say, two years, in, in fact, your prophecy is that Google Glass and wearable augmented reality glasses could be a reality in about two years to come. But when it comes to India, uh, how soon do you think they might be launched, given that the consumer is more price conscious as compared to others. So here's the thing. Google Glass is already, um, I think Google is uh, going to be giving out demo versions of that to developers this year. 
and by the end of this year or maybe by the earliest by the first quarter of next year they may be starting to sell it to consumers and the price that gets talked about is about $1300 now that may sound like quite a bit but then you know you have to remember one thing i mean you know most of the people i mean when we talk about affordability if you look at the us market most people actually there do not buy devices on full price so nobody buys a iphone for $800 you know they buy it for $100 $200 and they pay it out over 2 years 3 years so it doesn't hit them in contrast just think about the number of people in india who spend 35000 rupees 30000 rupees 40000 rupees 50000 rupees for a smartphone i'll bet you know of many 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 more people than the same people in the us who spend 800 dollars to buy an unlocked phone so i think we need to kind of flip that assumption a bit and say that people in india don't buy i'm not saying all of india does but i think there's a fairly large number of people who don't mind spending 30 to 40000 rupees on a smartphone which is what 600 to maybe 700 800 $800. true and not just the smartphones your articles also talk about tablets which is a recent phenomena and also something what is called the smartphone pc can one of the two of you take a shot at what it is and you are you are betting again that it will be a popular position in the next couple of years so what's a smartphone pc the form factors of the smartphone pc that is like asus already has a product out in the market i mean version 2 of that it's called the pad phone and fundamentally think of parallel trends right on one hand we know that our smartphone and tablets are becoming more and more connected and more and more powerful and more and more integral to our lives at the same time we are saying that hey you know we are all moving towards a post pc world nobody buys pcs anymore the pcs are going to go die out right and yet you know all of us especially those who work in the knowledge on the creative spaces we need a pc in our offices to kind of work none of us work on our smartphones or tablets all the time right so i think this smartphone pc concept is essentially that you've got a pretty powerful piece of hardware which contains all your data and has enough memory when you go to office why can't you just plug it into a larger screen you know with an external keyboard and continue to work on it without having a second pc in office and when you're done unplug it bring it back home with you that's the concept and i think that's a fantastic concept because it eliminates the need for two separate devices i think it'll continue to evolve and i think we may see more devices and manufacturers coming out in that space so that's what the smartphone pc hybrid is but some of it can still be pulled off over cloud computing right you've you've done a cover yourself not too long ago about the powers of cloud computing and how some indian companies are also you know investing in it can there be a reasonably powerful hardware phone with an android app in the background and you can have everything stored on the cloud without having too powerful an operating system on your mobile phone so how much of these innovations are just pure jazz and how much really end up adding value if you look at the smartphone space you'll see that one of the things that is dead in the pc space which is the chipset race if you remember maybe if you go back 10 years or maybe slightly more 10 15 years you know intel's heyday when we all used to buy pcs based on how fast is it what's the clock speed <laughs> right. and like you know it had an intel inside right and then it went into like how many cores does it have and all that so now you don't really know what's the difference between an i3 is it a second generation or a third generation is it an i5 how many cores are there people don't really care because you've already hit some kind of a plateau in terms of uh, usable processing power but on the smartphone we're seeing that race kind of evolve right thanks to arm now you're talking about dual core and then from dual core it's gone to quad core chip video card onboard graphics processors so much so that if you remember the nokia days nobody had a clue 
what processor was inside or how fast it was. And Nokia famously would never say, but look at it now. You know, when people discuss their smartphone, they say, how many cores does it have? What speed does it have? Does it make that much of a difference? I don't think so. I mean, and I think Apple demonstrated that very well again because Apple consistently makes smoother operating systems without resorting to the same amount of raw power that its competitors use. So there's like an artificial race when it comes to chipsets among smartphones. But I think it will plateau at some time, maybe about a year or two down the line when people realize that, look, there's really not much that you can do with 16 cores or like 8 cores that you can't do with 4 cores. Right. And you also shift your attention to it. It's not just about the smartphones and the different cores that go in it, but also the innovations will be more in the accessories, which could be the next big thing. So what are some of the examples that you know fascinated you when you guys were doing the research? See, I think the big change between the time when mobile phones came to the market uh, to what happening now is that earlier we saw it as a mobile phone, but now we look at uh, uh, the smart device that we carry around as a computer by itself, but it's still a very limited device. For example, there are apps today in both iPhones and Android that can actually make a sense of how many steps you have taken by the way the phone vibrates, but it is still not as accurate as having a, let's say, you know, a Nike band or a Jawbone app or Fitbit. Uh, uh, so th- there'll be specialized devices which kind of do specific tasks in a way you know that smartphone cannot do as well. Just to kind of expand uh, what Ram said, uh, what we've already seen and I think will continue to grow is more and more sensors and devices that mimic our capabilities, our senses like sight, our ability to smell. A great example would be uh, Qualcomm has a $10 million X prize out for a Star Trek tricorder-like device, right? I mean, if you remember what the tricorder was, it's essentially that these guys pull out, which can scan the area around them, and like somebody's unwell, it can diagnose it, and so, so give a lot of information. So I think that kind of a device, right? I mean, in isolation, there are already sensors that can measure your temperature, your weight, and if you connect all of these into a single device, Qualcomm's tricorder challenge talks about that. I mean, a single device that takes in all these kind of readings and can independently diagnose up to 15 different diseases. Think of that. It's almost like magical, right? So last question. So where does this leave the smartphone manufacturers? So will the future be the apps or, you know, the software that runs the phone? Or will it be altogetherly different? Like Google Glass is a revolutionary product in itself. It's, it isn't just a smartphone. On the hardware side, I think it's it's going to be a tough fight out there. I think what we've already clearly seen is due to the popularity of the App Store model, the innovation game has shifted conclusively in favor of the open ecosystem, right? And Apple, no matter how many billions of dollars it has in the bank, a Google, a Microsoft cannot even hope to generate the same kind of breadth and depth and quality of innovation that hundreds of thousands of companies and people around the world are doing. So I think I don't think it's a question of will there be more innovation at the operating system level or at the individual app level. It's certainly going to be at the app level, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. Your Google Glass, but I mean Google Glass is intended to run Android as of now. You know, you'll just have to look at these devices right now as different form factors, but essentially running the current set of operating systems. I think the biggest change that we will see is as these kind of devices become more popular, especially augmented reality wearable devices, we'll probably need to do a pretty major rethink on how we approach, you know, our apps and current operating system. Today, I think our entire approach towards technology or about, you know, Android or Google is about 
get me more information you know find me more feeds find me like you know what i'm searching for give me 20000 results give me my twitter feed give me my facebook feed overlay all this information when you're wearing a google glass or an augmented reality device you don't want so much of information right i mean if you're constantly being bombarded by all this information you will at some point want to tear that device out of your head so i think we'll need to make a paradigm shift towards reducing drastically the amount of information that you see and getting information that is extremely valid and relevant for your needs at that point in time and i think that kind of intelligence will take a while to emerge when i'm walking i don't want to see overlaid information of every single store that i'm walking by what its rating is what its yelp reviews are etc instead show me just that one piece of information that i wanted that time nicely put thanks a lot rohan and ram for your time thank you everybody thank you. always great being on your show Thanks and all you listeners you can get this podcast on forbesindia.com and you can subscribe to us on iTunes it's so free to have someone contact you back for a Forbes India subscription just message forbes to 51818